Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday, February 28, 526 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets a little bit lower to start the day. May corn futures off a half cent at 423. May soybeans down two at 11.38 and three quarters. May Chicago wheat down five and a quarter at 5.79. May Kansas City wheat down seven and three quarters at 5.78. May spring wheat down three and three quarters at 6.58 and a half. Let's start off with this Ukraine story. According to European traders, China purchased a large amount of corn for livestock feed from Ukraine in the past week. The exact volume is unclear, with traders estimating between 240,000 metric tons and more than 600,000 metric tons. It's estimated that China paid between $227 and $230 per ton, with freight included in that cost. China is typically a large buyer of Ukrainian corn. Purchases have remained consistent despite transport disruptions caused by Russia exiting the Black Sea grain deal. Reuters did a very nice job with this update. They had some quotes here from some uh, cash grain traders. One of them said this, Ukrainian corn is looking the cheapest in the world and the low prices on offer are making the risk of sailings from Ukrainian ports and the Red Sea disruption worthwhile. It is believed that shipment was booked in Chinese vessels via the Red Sea. This is obviously a translation, I think. Ukrainian corn continues to be offered in large volumes in February with more shipments being offered for sale using Ukraine's own shipping channel. All this being said, these are not, it says large amounts. These aren't large amounts, 240,000. You're talking, what, eight or nine million bushels. Um, if this had been U.S. business, it would not be a needle mover in terms of the balance sheets. In terms of sentiment, if China were to come in and buy U.S. corn, a lot of people would take a few steps forward and say, well, they're just getting started and they're going to buy more. And, and you'd probably see some short covering off of that. Um, I know we'll see some comments here about how, there's a lot of money from the United States going to Ukraine. And as I understand it, there has been some money that's been directed toward agriculture. And some people will be upset about that. I know that there are different schools of thought regarding that uh, item in particular. Some people think we should cut off Ukrainian funding altogether. Some people think, and this is kind of my camp, that uh, we, sh we should be helping Ukraine. But at the same time, it seems like the funds are being misdirected, misallocated. We don't know where the money's going necessarily. It feels like one of these never-ending uh, war machine type efforts. And then the third camp is that we should help Ukraine at all costs. And and maybe that's the right move. I just, uh, I have trouble believing that every single cent going over there is is totally legitimate in nature, but that's just me. That's just an opinion. Uh, when you look at Chinese purchases of U.S. corn, they're just an also-ran this year. Mexico is is by far the biggest buyer of U.S. corn for this current market year. China is just uh, has has next to nothing on the books, generally speaking. You go back a couple of years in that period, say uh, post COVID and post phase one trade deal. China was the biggest buyer of U.S. corn. They were buying 15, 20 million metric tons there for a couple of years. And now they're just back to nothing. So this is, is part of the um, export issue when it comes to corn. It's part of the demand issue. We'd love to see some Chinese demand. And I think it's still possible. It's just for the moment. Uh, China's skipping us and going to Ukraine.
Unseasonably warm temperatures broke more than 100 temperature records across the nation on Monday and Tuesday. A, a warm front that covered most of the U.S. east of the Rocky Mountains caused the above normal temperatures. The warm temperatures, however, were short-lived as a frigid high-pressure system moved into the Midwest late on Tuesday. More record warmth is expected to return across the Midwest and Great Lakes region this weekend. National weather forecasters project this winter to be the warmest on record for the U.S., and 2024 is predicted to be the hottest year ever on record. So a whole bunch of locations, record high temperatures. Um, I pulled up the 10-day forecast for um, here's the next seven days versus normal. You're still going to run above normal. It's like today and maybe tomorrow you're going to see some of this cold front, but then you warm up again. I pulled up the 10-day for Des Moines. I just picked a random Midwest city and said, hey, look at the temperatures. Um, they're going to be cold today. I mean, high of 35, but by Sunday, it's going to be 79 degrees in Des Moines, which is pretty crazy for uh, late February, early March. I don't know what this means from an agronomic standpoint. I know that there are probably some farmers who are thinking, oh, it's almost that time to start planting corn and, and they won't start this early, of course. But um, this this begs the question, is this a precursor to something? Does it mean it's going to be hot and dry this summer? Does it mean the opposite? Does quick corn planting mean that we should be bearish the market or that acreage will increase? I don't really know. If you guys have strong opinions on this, uh, drop them in the YouTube comments. If you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together yesterday? If there is a big short covering event in the corn market and uh, large money managers cover their net short and, and get long the market, um, what will it mean in terms of price action? This was a historical study yesterday that I did, and it was an update to a previous video. I had both of the videos included in this morning's email. But um, in, a, in bear market years, what sort of rally on a cents per bushel basis and also on a percentage basis, what sort of rally can we expect this year as it relates to new crop corn should a short covering event occur? And guess what? Short covering events occur like every year. And I talked about that too. If you guys want to see this video, I think it's really good from a contextual standpoint, maybe from a grain marketing standpoint, maybe it gives you some ideas as to what to shoot for um, as it relates to your new crop corn marketing. Go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. I will forward you a copy of this morning's email, which includes yesterday's video, as well as the, um, the video that preceded it, which uh, got into a little bit more detail. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. If you guys like YouTube and you like the podcast, you'll love the premium stuff. This is the best way to support what we're doing here. We have no sponsors. We're independent. Uh, premium subs float the boat. So check that deal out this morning. USDA reported a flash sale of soybeans on Tuesday. U.S. exporters sold 123,000 metric tons of soybeans to unknown destinations for delivery during the current marketing year. This is the third flash sale of soybeans since the beginning of the year, totaling 626,834 metric tons. I feel as if we're taking one step forward and two steps back. So in last week's export sales report, we barely saw net positive sales because an, un, an unknown destination canceled a whole bunch of soybeans. So yeah, you'll see a small sale. And I don't know if this is China or whoever it is. It doesn't really matter. But um, the export book is just not good. Export prospects are not good. I'm told that uh, landed in China Brazilian soybeans are a dollar and a half cheaper than what we can offer out of the United States. So the export woes continue. Yeah, we're crushing more beans domestically, but it's not enough to offset what we're losing and losing uh, very quickly via exports.
Poland is considering widening a ban on Ukrainian food imports. On Tuesday, Poland's prime minister stated that he could not rule out expanding the country's ban on imports of Ukrainian grains to other goods if the EU doesn't take steps to protect the European and Polish markets. Polish farmers have been protesting Ukrainian food imports as well as EU Green Deal regulations. Back in 2022, after Russia invaded Ukraine, the EU removed tariffs on food imports from Ukraine. Then in 2023, Poland extended a ban on Ukrainian grain imports. According to Poland's ag minister, more talks with Ukraine to reconcile the situation are scheduled for today. So farmers in Europe uh, are not happy about anything these days, the way that it seems. seems like every day you see a new story about farmers protesting somewhere in Europe, and they're not happy that this uh, cheap Ukrainian grain is landing on their doorstep. Um, these these European climate policies, we've discussed uh, quite a bit in our uh, premium stuff. They're absolutely terrifying. And this like, let's get rid of farming idea is one of the worst ideas of all time. It's like, it's right up there with like defund the police. Like, like what, can you think of a more stupid idea? Um, in any case, uh, this this go goes back to Ukraine a little bit and how cheap their uh, corn and wheat uh, have become, which is has been kind of a problem for everybody, I guess. Home prices reached an all-time high in December. According to the S&P CoreLogic Case-Shiller Price Index, home prices in the 20 largest U.S. cities in December increased 6.1% year-over-year. For the first time in 2023, the prices of homes in all 20 major cities reported annual increases. Despite housing demand slowing in 2023 due to interest rates exceeding 8%, home prices somehow remained high. Prices are expected to remain elevated and possibly climb higher due to a due to due to a severe shortage of homes for sale. Experts anticipate a 5% increase in home prices this year as buyers are eager to jump back into the market as soon as mortgage rates decline. Jerome Powell in the Fed, how are you going to go cut interest rates when real estate residential is as strong as it's ever been home prices across this this 20 city composite are up 44 percent since your last pre-covid print which was february 2020 so if you go and cut rates into this what does that mean for real estate it's just going to be even higher and this is a big problem especially for younger people people in their 20s and early 30s cannot afford to buy houses there's a shortage a lot of this goes back to 2008 2009 where builders just stopped building for a few years and we're still feeling the impact of that so the economy uh is from for for, for from a lot of, of different standpoints the economy's in really good shape the ag economy that you guys are involved in is totally different and is is uh, kind of like contra cyclical to the regular economy. It seems like uh, the ag economy is oftentimes best times best when things are bad. Like when we had the inflation in 2022, that was one of the best years farmers ever saw. So I don't know that the the interest rate thing is curious. Uh, given what's going on here with real estate and other things. What did cattle do yesterday? Uh, cattle futures basic, basically treaded water yesterday. Feeder cattle were 25 cents lower to 75 cents higher. Live cattle were 52 cents lower to 12 cents lower. Box beef was steady to mostly higher. Choice ended the day at 301.74. That was down 5 cents. Select ended the day at 290.40. That was up 241. Outside markets, um, U.S. dollar is up. Stocks are off a little bit. The S&P is down 16. The Dow Jones is down 120. Bonds are up a little bit. Crude oil is down 80 cents in the May WTI at uh, 77.46. Uh, Bitcoin made some new highs again this morning, 59,400, which is incredible. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we'll talk to you on Thursday.